Hello, and welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life podcast. My name is Jim Duke, and I'm the pastor of Olmstead Baptist Church in Olmstead, Kentucky. I'm thankful you're listening and pray it will be a blessing and help to you. Our subject for this time is found in uh, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 11, a thought that is a passage that has been on my heart and mind here for several days, if not a week or two, and so wanted to go ahead and felt it appropriate, believe it is appropriate to bring a message and uh, allow us to take a look at the scriptures and see what the context of this verse is. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 11, where the scripture says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Strong delusion to believe lies. This message is connected to uh, a previous message a couple of podcasts ago uh, regarding uh, the coming of the kingdom of God. And in that that message, we started off with uh, a passage that's very familiar in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 where the apostle reminds the, the church there at Thessalonica and the membership therein um, about how it will be when the children of God will be caught up, uh, caught up to be with the Lord. Uh, the rapture, uh, the resurrection of the just. Um, he says there that uh, will not we that are alive, we that are alive will not prevent, will not go before, those that are dead, but they will come up out of their graves and be caught and changed in uh, their souls and their living spirit, uh, that is God living within them, will be reunited with a glorified body like Christ. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them uh, in the clouds to be with the Lord forever. And so he wrote to them in that first uh, epistle to the church at Thessalonica, but evidently, we, we, we have hints in the second epistle to this church. We have hints that there's something that happened. Uh, uh, another letter uh, came into them, uh, a pretender, uh, a false writer, someone feigning possibly to be the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and because of some things that he writes in his uh, sign-off, his closing of the, the book of Second Thessalonians, uh, it makes us think that he is writing to them to help them to understand uh, about the coming of the Lord, and maybe that they had been brought by a false letter to believe that the Lord had already come back. And so uh, it seems like that the epistle of Second Thessalonians is to help them understand that the Lord had not returned. And the apostle lays out some things that uh, must needs be uh, and these things are here. We, we don't need to go into it with a preconceived notion of how we think uh, things will be. Uh, but we need to hear what the Word of God says and just uh, believe what our Lord says and be faithful as he gives us. And so, uh, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I want us to back up uh, from Second Thessalonians to First Thessalonians chapter 5. And just read here after that hallmark passage there in 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, in, in the previous message, the coming of the kingdom of God, uh, from that, that passage was a text passage, a beginning passage that we 
sprung into the message, that message from. And let's, uh, let's see what the brother writes uh, to them and to us in 1 Thessalonians 5 after told, telling about the coming of the Lord for his children and those that are asleep in Christ, how they will be raised from the dead, their, their bodies will be, and then we which are alive remain and remain will be caught up together with them to be with the Lord forever. Comforting words for us, uh, indeed they are. And so uh, what he goes on to say, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, uh, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And so he tells about the suddenness of it. And he says, um, I don't need to instruct you about that. You know about those things. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. And so he says, there's going to come a time when it's going to be peace and safety, peace and safety. That's going to be what the leadership of the world, the governments of the world, uh, the people of the world are going to say. And he said, sudden destruction is going to come upon the world like a woman when her moment comes, the time comes for her to deliver. And he tells plainly, they shall not escape, and the wicked will not escape. Uh, this kind of preaching has been the, the preaching that has been from the time of John the Baptist, uh, where he warned about the one that is, was among them, the one that was coming, or rather that was among them, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Speaking of the, uh, the threshing floor, uh, giving us that visual. He said he's going to gather his wheat into the garner, which are the the children of God, those that he saved, and then burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. And so John preached and warned of judgment to come. Flee the wrath to come and the judgment uh, and, and, uh, and uh, terror of the Lord. And, and we don't like to think about God that way, but as loving, as compassionate, as merciful and gracious as the Lord is, uh, so is he just, and he will come to a point, just like a woman that's carrying a baby, will come to a point, a moment in time when it's time to deliver. And so the long-suffering of the Lord will come to that moment, that point in time, that it must be meted out. He says they shall not escape. Verse 4, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief, he said, you're not in darkness. You have the light of the Lord to see and perceive and to understand, to hear and receive the instruction of the Lord and the things that he gives us in his word. Ye are the children of light, verse 5, and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. Speaking of the unbelieving, the unrepentant, just go on and living life like we saw in, in the, the previous podcast about the coming of the kingdom of the Lord, how it will be in the coming of the day of the Lord for his people, it'll be like in Noah's day. It will be like in Lot's day. So let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And that's what we as the children of God, let us get that point. We are to watch. We are to watch with discernment. We are to watch with the discernment of the word of God. 
and be sober, to actually go into the Word of God and the Scripture and to take that to our hearts and to ourselves and to our thinking and to our outlook. Let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Speaking of the unbelieving, speaking of the ignorant of the Scripture, speaking of the, the unrepentant, uh, speaking of those that seek their own, not the children of the Lord. They sleep in the night. Uh, they that be drunken are drunken in the night. That is what we have been saved from. That's the way that we were before the Lord saved us. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Let us be sober. We need to be a sober people. Not speaking about drunkenness, but sober about the times. Sober about what the scripture says and how we take that and look at this world and look at the signs of the times through the filter of the word of God. Putting on the breastplate of faith, that is faith in the Lord, and love, love for the Lord because he first loved us, and love for one another, and love for the sinner. And for an helmet, the hope of salvation which hope has been spoken about in 1 Thessalonians 4, the returning of our Lord, uh, us being together and, and brought together to be with him, whether by the grave or by the rapture. Verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath. And that is true. We are not appointed to wrath. We will not be judged with the nations. We will not be judged with the wicked of the world. We will not be judged in, 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 uh, in, the, in the wrath of God poured out upon this earth, as, as I understand we call it the great tribulation. But understand, he's not appointed us to wrath like he judged in Sodom and Gomorrah, like he judged in the flooding of the earth. We are, the, the children of the Lord are those that are represented by Noah, or those that are represented by Lot and his wife and, and children, uh, even though that, that that's their situation there was very, very sorry. But they were delivered. They were delivered from the wrath that God poured out on Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. That Noah and his family, his wife, three sons and their wives, were delivered from the flood that the Lord brought upon the earth to kill and destroy all those that had the breath of life in, in their nostrils. All living, no matter what, no whether, whether they a man or a creature, uh, uh, a, an animal, uh, they were all destroyed because of the wrath of God at coming in judgment. And so we are not appointed unto wrath. The children of God never have been. We have been delivered from wrath. Uh, we in Christ have fleed. We, did, we have run and escaped the wrath to come through Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And so we need to understand that. But we need to remember, too, that God brings the rain on the just and the unjust. That there is tribulation for the children of God that is represented very easily that we can see in the latter part of Hebrews chapter uh, 11. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us about great deliverance of the Lord and faith of of those that have gone uh, and lived before us, uh, children of the Lord. But towards the end of the chapter, it speaks about those that have suffered terrible, terrible things. Uh, no doubt, uh, Jews in the Holocaust, 
that there were some Jews that were saved and that believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and had been saved by him. But because of the Holocaust and the Lord dealing with the nation that way and making those promises, caught up in that. Uh, children of God, no doubt, that have hit by, been hit by hurricanes and tornadoes and, and, and destruction and such as that. There, there is tribulation. The Lord himself tells us that by much tribulation we enter into the kingdom. But when the wrath of God will be poured upon the earth and the nations of the earth, the unbelieving and unrepentant of the earth, when the Lord deals even with Israel to bring his nation back unto him, the saved as a whole will be gone. But there may be some rough times before that time of the Lord coming, and we need to listen to what the Scripture says. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. We think about, uh, if you're familiar at all, with Fox's Book of Martyrs, and many martyrs that we know of otherwise, that uh, fr from other writings and other historical accounts, Baptists that were tortured and killed for the sake of Christ, for the defense of the, the, uh, of baptism for the defense of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being that by which uh, people are saved, not the, not the, uh, uh, the things of a quote-unquote church and a uh, religious practice and such as that. Uh, people saw their children killed, saw their children taken away, and for for the for the the truths the foundational truths of what it means to be a Baptist uh, that that history is documented, but the thing is is that tribulation coming upon the children of God is not the wrath of God coming in judgment upon this earth. So he is he has called us he's appointed us not unto wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. How is how was it with the apostles? Uh, we understand that. Uh, 11, 12 of the 13 apostles, I'm speaking of Matthias and the Apostle Paul in that group, uh, we understand historically that 11 or 12 of them were put to death, martyred for the sake of the Lord. That wasn't the wrath of God, but that was tribulation from the world as the Lord Jesus had promised them that they would represent the Lord uh, in that way. The Apostle Paul says himself, he said, we're counted least in the off-scouring of the world that those to whom we minister, which includes us because they still minister to us through the word of God that he inspired in them to write it to us. He said, we are used up for the sake of those that we minister to and those that are saved by our ministry, carrying forth the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ unto them. So God has not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And that may cause us to go through a troublesome, troublesome time, even unto death, like many of our forebears. He says here, Christ Jesus, salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Some other comforting words, like in 1 Thessalonians 4. Jesus has not forgot about us. And Jesus will give us what we need to endure and persevere for his sake and a witness and testimony. May we fill up ourselves with the word of God and may we commune with our Lord and, and fellowship with him and seek his face and, 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 and 
uh, petition him, beseech him, beg him for strength and power and courage to stand in him in this wicked day, and having done all, to stand. Wherefore, comfort yourselves, in verse 11 he says, together and edify, build up one another, even as also ye do. And so this is the way uh, that he, uh, these are words that he spoke after that in First Thessalonians 4 about the rapture, about the the coming of the Lord to pull out the, to, to, to raise the, the, the saints that had died in Christ from the grave, and then to uh, also take those that are alive and remain, we that are alive and remain, and catch us up to be with him forever. And so we have that that he writes afterwards about what we are to do. We're to be sober and watching. We're not children of the night, but children of the day. He will not take us through wrath and judgment of this world and the wicked, uh, but he's going to bring us to salvation full and complete. He saved our souls. He's put his spirit within. And one day the salvation even of our bodies will be completed when the Lord comes back for us. And so then in, in the time, whatever time that it was that lapsed between the first epistle and the second epistle to the church of Thessalonica, it seems that they had been, there was something that they had received that caused them to think that the coming of the Lord had already taken place. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, that in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and the, the, the closing of that epistle, Paul makes a great uh, note there to let them know that his epistles are signed by his hand. And, and they need to remember that. They need to know that. They, they don't need to be fooled uh, again like maybe they were. And so they receive something false and erroneous, it seems. They communicate with Paul about this. They find out that the Lord hadn't come back because Paul is still there. And then he writes to them this other epistle. And what we want to look at it is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and getting to the subject uh, for this message. Strong delusion to believe lies. And for this cause, verse 11, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. What's the cause? What's at hand? Why is God sending? And, and you, you know, don't, don't roil up at this. Don't, don't ball up at this that God would send strong delusion to people because God is long-suffering. And as we've seen recently in the in other podcasts, we've seen about his quivering eye that is mentioned there uh, at, uh, in, in the book of Acts as Paul is there on Mars Hill uh, in Athens. And uh, the, the, the restraining, long-suffering, quivering eye of God looking towards sin uh, and the judgment, the condemnation uh, that is at hand for sin and wickedness. His righteousness demands it. His holiness demands it demands it his justice uh, demands it and he come he comes to a time that it's done he will no longer be long-suffering he is long-suffering now but he will come to a time he will no longer be long-suffering and he will begin to work to bring sinners families nations governments in 
to judgment, and he'll do it. And for this cause shall God send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Verse 11. Let's take a look back to verse number 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together unto him, Okay, and so 1 Thessalonians 4 is what he's referring to. He says, I'm begging you. Okay, so he's, he's pleading them. He's doing so, brethren. He's speaking to the saints there at the church at Thessalonica. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, he said, it's going to be that, ye be, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. And so he's writing to them uh, in, their, in, in what has happened to them, what they have believed for whatever reason, whether it's of themselves or it was an erroneous letter that they had received, a forgery, a faker, uh, another quote-unquote apostle that looked to, to minister to them or beguile them. He says, don't be shaken in mind. Don't be troubled. Don't be, don't be troubled. He said, uh, that you soon don't be shaken and troubled by spirit or by word or by as by let nor by letter as from us and so that's what gives us we believe that hint that the day of Christ is at hand let no man deceive you by any means and so he said he says there's sub there's possibility to be deceived but don't be deceived okay now listen to what he says for that day what day the day of Christ. And again, we saw that about the day of the Lord in uh, the previous podcast, uh, one, the one before, uh, two before this one, and uh, the coming of the kingdom of God. Okay? As that, as the day of the Lord of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, number one, except there come falling away first. And so he said, the day is not going to come, except they're coming a fall away first. Uh, coming, come a falling away first. Now, we know that there has been falling away since even the Apostle Paul's day, because we know that, uh, as we've seen recently, that he warned the brethren at Ephesus on his way to Judea, to Jerusalem, which would ultimately ultimately result in his trip to Rome. He warned them that there would be false ones amongst them, those that met him there at Miletus, that will rise up and not spare the flock. And so there's falling away uh, and, and going away from uh, the truth of the Lord even then. Now understand this falling away, We just quickly, there's what we look on and see and there's what we look on and hear. But then there's what's going on in the heart. And, and always with uh, faith and the Lord's churches and amongst the Lord people, Lord's people, there, are, there have been fakers. And that's the reference there. No child of God will ever be able to be taken from the Lord. And, and then there's degrees indeed of faithfulness amongst the children of God. But then also amongst the children of God are always, have always been pretenders, as is evidenced by Judas. 
amongst the apostles, even chosen by the Lord to that condemnation. And so there are those that are they're, uh, fakers, and they will fall away. They will fall away. It may even be that there are those who are saved, but that were added to churches by us rather than added by the Lord, and they would fall away because they've not been added by the Lord. And that's a subject for another time, but just want to touch on how that can be and how we need to consider that. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, the day of Christ, except there come a falling away. Well, that's been since since Christ has been here, the falling away. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So there's a falling away. Okay, we know that that's existed. And then the man, that man of sin be revealed. He says here, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, the day of Christ, shall not come, except there be a, come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. This is speaking about Antichrist, the man of sin, Antichrist, synonymous names, synonymous references. And so here we have Paul telling us that the day of Christ will not come except there be a falling away, which we have, and the man of sin be revealed. Now, the key of this is to what extent revealed. Is he living, is he revealed in that he lives upon the earth? Is he revealed in that he is known amongst his peers? Or is he revealed in that he is known, that he is the one, by the children of God. Understanding the, understand that from what the scripture tells us about the man of sin, the time of his coming to power will take time indeed. It won't be at an instant. It won't be in a day or a week, certainly. He's going to be one that's going to rise amongst peers. He's going to have to do some battling. I, I'm of the personal opinion that the condition of the earth and the world is going to, uh, is going to roll back uh, in time from what the scripture tells us. That's a subject for another time also. But the, but the apostle tells us, don't be deceived for there's got to be a falling away and there's got to be the man of sin being revealed, the Antichrist. But the thing is, to what, to what extent does reveal mean? Uh, that he's been born and he lives on the earth? Is that all the revealing that needs? We're very few would even know or any would know uh, when he would be a youngster that he would be the one or is is it the spectrum of revealing is it all the way to the revealing such that he is uh, on the worldwide scene and the children of God with the knowledge of the scripture can look on and say hmm, that looks like him let's read so no man let no man deceive you by any means for that day the day of Christ shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. And so here, this it tells us about this man. He uh, opposeth and holds himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. And I think including in that is not only uh, the true worship of God, but all the false worship of God, and then all paganism and all other worship of men. 
so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so now, as it is many times in the scripture, we've got a great, or I said great, a span of time, because that is the end, that is towards the end of his reign, him sitting as God in the temple of God, which there is no temple uh, as we understand it uh, in Israel or Jerusalem yet. But that will be the end, uh, uh, towards the end of the, his span of ruling and working. Okay, So the revealing, to what extent is it? Well, the Lord not, will not come back until he is revealed. But to what extent is him, he being revealed? There's a full spectrum there. Uh, being born, being known, being on the earth. And when I say being known, he's just known as a man, known as a, a boy, known as a, a youngster. Uh, known as a young adult, uh, he he's known by his family. Uh, is is that the revealing, or is the revealing when he comes on the scene and begins to work, and 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 comes to be a peer amongst peers, and then begins to work and politic and move and have success and come to power uh, in the earth, and so. Who opposes himself and exalteth himself above all that is called God, that'll be his M.O., or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so that's how he's how he is and how he's going to be. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And so he asked them, he, he says, don't you remember? Uh, I didn't write them down, but I told you these things, and now he has written them down for them. He said, I, I let you know these things. And the thing is, is the church at Thessalonica in that first century would be looking the same way as we are looking today. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. And so there is uh, the holding of the Spirit of God. That's, that's, what we, um, that's what we understand this passage to mean. Um, is there, and now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. And so the, the man of sin will be revealed in his time. He will not be able to be revealed until the Holy Spirit of the Lord backs off from this earth and Satan is able to do the things um, that he will do with the limits that God sets on him. And that's part of what the Lord does when he comes brings to judgment is uh, uh, is this of letting Satan loose and letting let allowing Satan to work and giving Satan more rope and he does so he restrains Satan and the wickedness that he works uh, by his own spirit by the spirit of God the Holy Spirit of God and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time speaking of the man of sin. And so now you know the things that need to be a falling away, he being revealed. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, and, and it does. The, the, the working of Satan and the working of the, of the false trinity was at work in that day and has been at work and will work and only will be able to gain ground and accomplish things as the Holy Spirit of God backs off from this from nations, and from this earth. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he 
who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And that, that reference there, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. That's a reference to the Holy Spirit of God. He's the great restrainer. The, the wrath of man shall praise thee, and the remainder of wrath thou, shalt, thou wilt restrain, the scripture tells us. And so it's only by the power and the Holy Spirit of God that there is any restraint on the wickedness of man and the working of wickedness of Satan. But as the Lord brings this earth into judgment, he will begin to back away more and more and more. As we take a look at our own nation, what do we have? You know, and, and not in, 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 the, in the generations that live presently, uh, someone that's 80 plus years old, they, they remember World War II possibly as a child or a young person. And what great blessing that we've had in our country. We, we've had great blessing with, uh, with disease being conquered and dealt with and stayed off. We, we've, had, we've had great blessing of, of, uh, of righteousness and, and, uh, and, and days gone by and, and, and the, the holding down of wickedness and perverseness. I, men are, have always been wicked and perverse, but we've just had a great blessing of peace and, and harmony and family and prosperity. But you know what's happening now? We've thrown God out of our government. We've thrown God out of our country. We've thrown God out of our schools. We've thrown the word of God out of our relationships. We've become a most promiscuous people. We've thrown God out of our consideration about life and are killing hundreds of thousands of innocent children a year by this wickedness, this abomination of abortion. All things uh, uh, salacious and, and the, the wickedness of man discovering ex itself uh, in, in the relationship that is reserved and created and reserved by God for marriage between a man and a woman has been nothing but perverted by mankind, by in, in our nation. The things that are abominable and wicked unto God, we accept. And, and, and it, is, it is applauded. It's encouraged. It's pushed to be made very, very legal. And anybody that wants to stick with the Word of God and what God says in His Word is just out. What do you think God's going to do with His Holy Spirit? He's going to do what He has been doing. He, we have confusion of face, as Brother Daniel says. And the Holy Spirit of God is backing away from our country. And allowing us, God, if you will, if you'll allow the paraphrase, God's saying, oh, you don't want me? Okay, then I'll back away and you won't have me. And then you'll have everything that goes along with not having me. And perversion and wickedness and Satan and his power allowed, being allowed to come in just to filling the void of the Spirit of God backing away. And so, only he who now letteth will let, 
He, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit of God is that great restrainer until he be taken out of the way. The God will command his Holy Spirit to back away. The Holy Spirit of God, knowing, when, knowing the, the mind and the working of God as he is part of the Trinity, he will back away to bring on this judgment. And listen what it says. And then shall the, that wicked, capital W, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And so this mystery of iniquity and this backing off of the Holy Spirit of God from the earth, then the wicked is revealed. And as the previous verses is talking about, that the day of Christ will not come until that wicked be revealed. Uh, until uh, there's fa falling away. Then shall that wicked be revealed. And so to what extent is the revelation, the revealing of him? And here's his end, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, part of the unholy trinity, uh, the man of sin is. He's the antichrist. He's the false Christ. Satan, if you will, uh, posing himself as God, and then the uh, false prophet standing in as the, 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 uh, the, the unholy spirit, if you will, and then the man of sin is Satan's false Christ. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, oh, he will have power, and he will do signs. And he will do wonders, but they will be nothing but lies. And he will do so, and with all deceivableness and of unrighteousness in them that perish. The perishing, the unbelieving, the unrepentant will just lap it up. They will take it and they will receive it. They will look at it as being the answer that they have been looking for. They don't want anything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't want anything to do in being rescued from their sins, saved from their sins. They want their sins. And this unholy trinity at hand, with, 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 its, with, with his Christ, his false Christ, the Antichrist, is just going to be what they are going to lap up. God has backed away. And the depravity of man and the wicked working of Satan rolled up in there into one, they'll just lap it up, and God is going to bring them to judgment. And listen to what it says. The wicked is revealed. He's going to be consumed. He's coming after the working of Satan. He's coming with power, signs, and lying wonders. With deceivableness, he's able to deceive greatly. It, it, it tells us in the scriptures that the working of the Antichrist and the false prophet will be so wondrous, and I don't mean wondrous in a good way, but it will just be so uh, terrific that it, if it were possible, it could even deceive the elect. And only by the word and the knowledge of the word of God are the elect of God, the children of God, saved from such a thing. It'll be that great. And the and the those that perish, the wicked, will lap it up. And listen to what it says. Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. The love of the truth. The love of the truth of God, our Creator. The love of the truth that we're sinners. 
the love of the truth, because see, the truth is the only thing that makes us free. The love of the truth that God sent his son to be a savior for sinners like you and me, to redeem and save his people, to, to, to the love of the truth that a sinner is not saved by their good works or anything that they can do, but by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the great work of God in their hearts to redeem them and save them. That the Lord says, come unto me. He says, but you will not come unto me that you might be saved. But the Lord says, come unto me. And they said, no, we don't want any part of you. And because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, verse number 11, our, our starting verse, and this verse that's been going on in my heart and mind here for the last week or so, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. Deception, a gullibility, uh, be willing to lap up anything at any time. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion. Well, what's the cause? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. A total and complete rejection of the word, will, and way of God. The, a total and complete rejection of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. A total and complete rejection of God having sent his son as Savior first. They say, no, no God, no God. Like the fool says, no God. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. As I mentioned in previous podcasts, as it is with individuals, so goes our nation. Uh, the, the condition of the nation is just a, a, uh, a confirmation of the condition of the people of our nation. We would say about our nation, why does God need to forgive our nation? Our nation is not so bad. Our nation is the best nation in the world. I'm thankful to be part of the United States of America. I'm, I'm thankful to be a citizen. And we have been blessed greatly. But the thing is, is... Someone, uh, a person, a citizen of the United States saying, well, I have no sin. I have no need to repent. I'm not as bad as some other people that I know of and the wicked things that they have done, and I've not done as bad as them. So an individual thinking so about themselves, so will they think about their own country. Our country is not so bad. Well, we've made mistakes. But we're not so bad. There's other countries that are way worse than us. The Lord will send strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. See, we're sinners and we need a Savior. That's the reason God sent one. And that is the truth. And because of the rejection of that... God is going to send strong delusion when it comes judgment time that they should believe a lie. Now, my title for this message was Strong Delusion to Believe Lies. Up until recent times, I have always thought that in this singular mention of a lie is that there would be one lie regarding the Antichrist that would be, that would be believed. But I'm, I'm of the opinion now and even with recent events and uh, reaction to such and, and the, 
the 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 alienation of God and our need of the Lord's working in, in this situation. I, I'm of the opinion that the Lord will sing send strong delusion that the world will believe lies. Will believe lies. The world will believe lies about many many things, many things and several things on all kinds of different fronts. Rejection of God. Rejection of His rejection of 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 the love of the truth that is our salvation in so many ways we need to be saved as a nation as individuals need to be saved we need our government saved we need our financial situation saved and the lord is the only one that's a salvation from a soul uh, to the every aspect of a nation every bit of business that we do the lord is the only help and the only hope for anything but because the love of the truth is rejected by the world, and, and that is our only way of being helped and saved, mainly the soul of a person, but in any facet, health-wise, financial-wise, or whatever, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, God will send strong delusion, and the world will begin, the people of the world, the governments of the world, the leaders of the world will begin to believe lies. And what's it say, verse 12? That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What's the answer for our COVID-19 situation? I mean, that's the greatest thing that's on our hearts. What's the greatest answer there? The truth. And how do we see that so many seem to be working against the truth? Uh that that so many in in our leadership in that they don't seek the face of God alone who has the truth even about the COVID nineteen uh, situation uh, virus crisis and they don't look to Him they reject Him they reject understanding from Him about what we should do and you know what God's going to come to a time that He's going to send strong delusion. And that nothing but lies will be believed. And what it will do to the unrepentant and the unbelieving, it will damn them. It will damn them because there's no, because they have pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, there are those, I'm sad to say, if God had an answer, which God has an answer, our Lord has an answer for everything. But if they knew that the Lord had an answer, they would reject it because they don't want his answer and his way. A strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth. See, that's what we have before us. The truth or a lie. May God help. May God help that, that our nation would turn into the Lord and repent of our sins. That we would believe the truth about ourselves and about the Lord. And that sinners would see the truth about themselves and the Lord and their need of the Lord Jesus as Savior and come to him in repentance and faith. And may God help us as the children of God that we would be sober, we would be watching. And may the Lord help us to be salt and light in this world that's going to be sent strong delusion. And lies are going to be believed. And may God help us that we would stand in our Lord as we go forward till Jesus comes. 
If you're under the hearing of my voice and you're not saved, we point you to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the great gift of the Father unto mankind, to the world. He's the Savior of all. He's the Savior of sinners. If anyone's going to be saved, it's going to be by the Lord Jesus Christ. We point you to him. Repent of your sins and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. By repentance and faith, receiving of the Lord and what he has said about you, about what he said about himself, about him being the only Savior for your soul and the forgiver and payer of your sins. He is the only way by which a sinner like you and me can be saved. We point you to him. Repent and believe and trust uh, in him and him alone. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the, your word. And we pray, Father, you'd help us to apply it. Uh, correctly and rightly divided as your children, Father, that we, you have warned us, you have told us about things to come, and help us, Father, that we would be salt and light um, amongst uh, this nation, and we pray that you'd be merciful to our nation, and merciful unto our children, and Father, merciful to our neighbors, and Lord, show them their great need, show them Christ, and Lord, help us to shine for you, and to shine brightly for you, and to be salt and light uh, in this day. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you how you speak to us uh, through it. And Father, help that no one would believe a lie that your word is not applicable today. It is most applicable today. It is the word of life that we need. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us all as your children and even the unbeliever, Father, that we would believe you and trust you uh, and cleave to all that you say. Help now, we pray and bless. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, thank you for listening, and I look forward to the next time when we can look into our Lord's Word together on the wonderful Words of Life podcast.